0: Thatchakragirlco. dot slash goddess.
1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
0: Chakra Girl Radio with Amberly Lyons is an uncut look into the lives of today's influencers to create real conversation about spirituality, modern girl problems, and the balance between vodka and green juice. Gurus and Gucci, we're getting real about the chaos, mistakes, and meltdowns that come along with success. Here's your main Chakra Girl, Amberly Lyons. Welcome back to Chakra Girl Radio. It's Amberly Lyons here, your chakra expert, energy and crystal connoisseur, and your trusty spiritual BFF. I'm the founder of Chakra Girl Co., which is a platform giving you all of the tips and inspo to be intentional AF, to live your best life, and to activate your chakras. Today, we're talking about money, 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 money. Okay, I'll never do that again, but... Love that song until someone ruined it with a stupid TV show. Um, We're talking to Chantel Chapman. She is a financial coach, a credit score expert, and founder of What The Finance Is. How cool is that name, guys? It is a financial literacy and advice platform for millennials looking to get their money right. Let me tell you guys, the more money I make, the more complicated this stuff gets or has gotten for me anyways, and it's time to really level up the money maturity. She's giving so many good tips and I cannot wait to share. We're talking about overcoming money trauma, which you might not even know that you have, being a big girl with your money game, and also getting out of debt. A lot of talk about that, such a hot topic. This episode is brought to you by my Chakra Girl Meditation Bundle that I created just for you to tap into your chakra energy with me every single day. Because as you know, when you activate your chakras, you literally... Kick your energy into action so you can move forward, you can launch that biz, you can launch that new project, and you basically can go from hot mess to mega success. You know, that's what I did. There is a meditation to to open up each chakra and a chakra cleansing meditation, plus a bonus audio on how to meditate if you're a newbie. But this works for all levels of meditation, guys. Podcast listeners get $10 off with the promo code podcast. So go to chakragirlco.com, click meditations in the top navigation, and then meditate with me, y'all. And if you're looking for the next level of chakra activation check out Chakras and Crystals 101, which is a major in-depth look at all the chakras. So we're going through applied practices and exercises to get you unblocked with things like money issues, insecurities, guilt, shame, fear of putting yourself out there, all of that jazz that we have to deal with. Um, but if you get the course first, it actually includes the meditation bundle. So go to chakragirlco.com courses, and you will see Chakras and Crystals 101. Okay, I have to share the wildest story with you guys. I already shared it on Instagram, but not super in-depth. So as you guys know, Kundalini is wild, and the craziest things always happen to me when I'm doing the Kundalini. I call it the Kundalini. It just sounds interesting to me. So I was doing this practice. So you do like a kundalini training every day, like a 90 minute practice with some journaling and meditation. And one of the journaling questions was, who do you wish would forgive you? And I kind of thought about when I was like a little asshole teenager and I was like living with my grandparents for a hot minute. And I just was like just a little bit of an asshole to my grandparents. So I said, I wish my grandma would forgive me and she's passed now. Um, so I, and I kind of wrote like, I would love, you know, a sign to know if she forgives me. And then later that day I was sitting on the couch. I was actually texting my mom, just like complaining about, a million things, like for no reason. And then I look at my balcony and I'm on the 21st floor guys. So this is insane. There's a freaking hummingbird looking at me like, what the heck? So as if that's not weird enough, like it's basically winter. Why is there a hummingbird on the 21st floor? And then I realized like my spirit animal is a hummingbird and it's about like play and having fun and enjoying your life. And I was just kind of like, obviously not having fun and like complaining and just like bad juju. So it was just kind of a nice reminder. And also my grandma loved hummingbirds, guys. Isn't that cute? Literally when I think of hummingbirds, I think of my grandma and like we used to always, we had a hummingbird feeder in her backyard and we would always like put it out together and like look at the hummingbirds. So how cute is that? I hope you got goosebumps. It's pretty wild. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. If you're looking to raise your vibe and you don't have a hummingbird around, there's no hummingbird, birds handy for you. I actually created a free guide for you guys to raise your vibes. So what I do is whenever I'm in a little bit of a funk. So after I saw this hummingbird, I went to my high vibes menu. So this is something I've done for a long time. So I have, a, I've always just kept a notepad in my phone of things that make me feel good. And I had them separated by like things that take five minutes, things that take 15 minutes, things that take an hour, um, and so on and so forth. And I shared that with Lauren Everts Bostic from Skinny Confidential. And she was like, you need to like share this with people. So, you know, When you raise your vibes, obviously you attract better things. That's why it's just so important important to always keep your vibe up. So when you're like being a negative Nelly, you just have to turn it around as quickly as possible. I love how Gabby Bernstein calls it your bounce back time or your comeback time or something. It's like the shitty moods are always going to happen. You just have to change the comeback time. So I created a little menu for you guys. So if you go to shockergirlco.com slash vibes, you can get my free menu. And you guys can just keep it at your fingertips, print it out if you need to, save it on your phone somewhere, now I when mean, you are feeling in a bad vibe and there's no hummingbirds around, just check it out. Okay, your chakra tip du jour, magnetic hematite, OMG. So I got a magnetic hematite in, I th- okay, I get so many um, ritual boxes. I can't remember which one, but... I get like monthly subscription ritual boxes that I'm going to share all that info with you guys soon. Um, But in one of them, I got magnetic hematite. So it's two little crystals that are magnets together. So you know when you like hold a magnet kind of apart from the counterpart of it? I don't even know what I'm saying. Um, But if you kind of hold the two pieces away from each other, there's like a vibe in between them. You can kind of feel it like pulling you closer, but you kind of just like keep them apart. So I did that and I held it over each chakra and just kind of imagined the energy of each chakra, like amplifying by this magnetic energy. And I did it for just like maybe 30 seconds per chakra, not super long. But then I literally, when I stood up and started walking around, I felt light as a feather. It was so crazy. It was like I could feel the energy and the vibrations in my chakra is just like being so loose and flowing. And that is what we want. It's also really good for the root chakra. Um, and also just like giving you balance. Cause a magnet is like the ultimate balance. There's a positive and there's a negative and it just clicks. So if you're looking for a more balance, you're looking for more like grounding, definitely get the magnetic hematite. I, don't know where to get it, but I'll find out and link to you guys because you will love it. Okay. chakra shout out, Jewel water bottles obsessed with a crystal infused water. So the crystals actually like change the molecular structure of the water. When I said that to my husband, he was like, you don't know what you're talking about. I was like, no, it's true. And it is true. I Googled it. So I have one that has amethyst in it and they're so pretty glass bottles with beautiful crystals in them and it just judges up the vibration of your water so that you're literally drinking crystal vibes. And I don't know about you, but that's kind of all I want in my life is to drink crystal vibes. Well and wine. Ooh, okay, maybe they need a wine Okay. No one steal this idea. Maybe they need a wine glass with crystals. Literally, I'm copywriting it. Don't even try to steal this idea. Um, it's happening, okay? There we go. New business idea. All right. Let's get into this episode. You guys are going to love it. So many good money tips. Let's chat with Chantel. Oh, also love her. I just want to say we went for a drink the other day. Well, I drank. (sighs) Sometimes it's like that. Um, And she is just so amazing. And it's really funny. We actually grew up in the same city and have a very similar upbringing past. It's kind of funny to see how far we've both come and how many amazing things she's created. She truly is an inspiration. So let's listen. Welcome back to Shocker Girl Radio. So excited today. We are talking to Chantel Chapman about money, 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 money. She is a financial coach, credit score expert, and founder of What the Finance is, which is a financial literacy and advice platform for millennials looking to get their money right. What the Finance is is backed by science-based research in addiction and behavior to explore how consumerism and mental health are linked to money problems. If you properly diagnose the issue, you, uh, the prescription becomes obvious. These days, guys, we really need someone like Chantel to help us with our money. I know I do. I love that Chantel makes money talk fun, approachable, and accessible. So, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So happy to have you. Oh my gosh, I get so many money questions sent to me by the listeners. So, everyone is going to be obsessed with this. Amazing. Let's get into our slumber party questions. What is your daily ritual? Uh, my daily ritual,
1: um, probably med- meditation and breath work I do every single day. Mm-hmm. And when I don't do it, I really feel it. What is the breath work that you do? Um, so when I'm feeling like really motivated, I'll do some like pranayama Um breath work for like 10 minutes, maybe like breath of fire or breathing in through like the left nostril to activate my parasympathetic nervous system. But typically I usually do about three minutes of a very um, intentional breath where I breathe in through my nose for six seconds. And then I breathe out through my mouth for six seconds. Mm,
0: I love that because it gives you something to really focus on so you can calm your mind. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I totally.
1: love it. And I find it very grounding, like to, especially if I'm feeling stressed out, it's like, it's like coming home, you know, it's like grounding myself, calming down. So it's something I do definitely every single day, like at least once. Mm, love it. So there's
0: actually this other kind of breath work. I don't actually know what it's called, but it is so wild. You basically do like three super deep inhales. Um, Like you fill up your chest, then you fill up your neck, then you fill up your, or no, sorry, I guess it goes like chest, stomach. I don't know how it goes. Anyways, but basically you get into this crazy state where all of a sudden you just start bawling your eyes out. and you release all these emotions, have you ever done that? I haven't done that, but I
1: have um, some friends who have done it in Bali and um, here in Vancouver. There's a practitioner in Vancouver that does it. Mm. Um, and yeah it's pretty wild like
0: the it's apparently it brings up like past trauma yeah it's crazy and I don't know what it is but when you do it your hands go all weird and they're like stuck that way it's like your hands look like a claw and you like can't move your fingers until it takes like a good like three minutes for you to be able to like move your fingers and sometimes your face gets stuck in a weird position too it's not cute but it works
1: that's so nuts. Yeah. It's like breath so is such a powerful thing. I, um, I did ayahuasca, um, last year. Oh my gosh. Tell us
0: all about it. I'm dying to do it. Nuts.
1: So I did it in February. Um, sorry, not last year, the year before, um, with a women's circle. So I did mm-hmm. it in Ojai, California, and it was just like the most amazing experience ever but you know with ayahuasca you're taking basically DMT which kind of opens up another state of consciousness that yeah. mm-hmm. you don't typically experience and then When I got home a week later, I went to India and I did uh, pranayama teacher training, and so we're doing like daily, like very intense breath work for like sixty-one minutes a day, and sometimes that type of work would get me in the same state that I was in when I was
0: on ayahuasca. Oh my gosh, that is wild! Like, oh my gosh, that must have been like the craziest two months of your life.
1: It was. It was. It was really amazing.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, did you like? Get psychic powers. Um, I I guess so.
1: I, <laughs> like I definitely had some like visions and um, you know, you feel like especially if you're like doing that type of work every single day and eating a very clean diet. Like when yeah. you do ayahuasca, you have to um, diet for ten days prior. And yeah, the diet is so intense. It's like. No salt, no spice, no sex, no masturbation. No, you can't watch the news, you can't like watch anything violent. Like, they want you to be so clean and clear. And so, I I did that diet before, did the ayahuasca, and then I went straight to India where you're eating like vegetarian, very, very clean food and then meditating all day. So, you just like it's just so natural that you're going to be so connected to your intuition. Mm. and you know you become like such an observer of your thoughts and you start like seeing things in a different way so yeah you definitely like all of a sudden like pull out these weird psychic abilities
0: (laughs) oh my god love it okay that is so exciting and when when did you do this this was this summer
1: uh no it was um I went in 2017 oh okay yeah
0: oh my gosh so wild and do you feel like since you came back, you've, is that where like a lot of the success in your business came?
1: Um, I would say that it made a massive shift in my business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I was, um, always teaching financial literacy. Like I, I've been working in finance for 14 years. Um, cause I started when I was 12. Hopefully oh my goodness. That, that's Not true. <laughs> <laughs> That's so not true. Okay, <laughs> you not tell people how old I am. <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> I was like, "Hey, wait a second, are you?" <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah I was like a child pro- prodigy. In fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it
0: wasn't. It was the picturing opposite. like twelve-year-old you in one of those like visors doing people's taxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Yeah, I actually need one of those green visors like okay can I this is like such a side tangent but I'm (laughs) obsessed with the Dior visors have you seen them Mm -hmm. okay and I posted one on Instagram and I'm shaming everyone that's listening right now that voted no I shouldn't buy it but I'm obsessed with those yeah and it's I got very mixed reviews on it so I didn't buy it but I'm buying it in Paris so Fuck you should everyone that said no. It's so bold, like it's such a cool look. Such a cool look. <laughs> oh, okay, total side tangent. Back to our <laughs> second rapid fire question: What is your go-to crystal? Oh, um, probably emeralds Is emerald- oh, that's a good one.
1: Yeah, and the reason why is because um, I when I was in when I went to India, there's this like. Well known guru in India named Anand, and I was very lucky to be able to do a Vedic astrology reading with him. Oh, wild! Yeah, it was very wild. And um, I uh, he said to me that emerald is what I need to have because emerald is very like grounding. Mm. And so, when I was in, in India, I bought some emeralds, and I would always wear it like ever since I was there when I was feeling like a little off. And it's just like, for me, it just represents like, you know, like slow down, take a breath, like let's ground ourselves. And Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think that's the one I probably connect with the most, just because I have that
0: memory. I was in such a good headspace when I was there in India. So yeah, and it's like the energy that you put into it as well. So you have this specific energy when you think of en- of emerald. So every time you look at it, it kind of brings you back to that place.
1: Yeah, that's such a good point.
0: I yeah. love that. Okay, what is your fave way to get wild after a long week? Oh, to get wild? <laughs> <laughs> um. That's the first one I've asked this question.
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, I'm not like, I'm not a big partier. Um, so I don't know, like if I could like really just get wild and, you know, take like two days off, I'd probably like go and do mushrooms and just okay. like,
0: hey, <laughs> that's what I would do. But that's not what I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, not my every weekend thing. But if oh, I God. could get real wild, I've I think never I've done it like once. <laughs> You've done it? I've never done it.
1: Yeah, I did it like one time and and it was um it was fine but like now I know that there's like microdosing mushrooms that can give you kind of like a really pleasant nice feeling and I would do it in a way where it's like I it's kind of a bit more meditative versus like party
0: yeah. It's, I know that if I did it in a party scenario, I would like be such a psycho.
1: Yeah. It's, I don't think it's a good party thing to do. So no. that, for me, that's my idea of like getting wild. Like, Ooh, what is this like crazy consciousness? Episode? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love it. I need to do all the spiritual drugs like ASAP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Who's your favorite Kardashian and why?
1: Oh, uh, this is a hard question. I think all of them have really great qualities, um, so I don't really feel like I have a favorite. I mean, like from the business side of things, I think Kim and Kris Jenner are like amazing. No, but I love um, Chloe because she seems like really down to earth and just yeah. like, cool and fun to hang
0: out with. I know. I feel. I know. I feel like Chloe and I would be best friends in real life. So
1: yeah, yeah, totally. I love it. And I love how she's like got this kind of like hip hop vibe.
0: Yes, she like does her own. I don't know her style's kind of her own. Yeah, I love that. Love it. And then Courtney, like, I I think I I
1: love old Courtney more when she was more of kind of like I don't give a fuck badass. Yeah, yeah.
0: But she's being like pretty emo this season. I will say, but I kind of love it. She is nice. yeah,
1: she's like. Yeah, she's just like lost in that relationship, or, you know. Yeah. I don't know
0: praying if it's over or what, but praying for Courtney, praying for yeah. Courtney. Yeah. Um, okay, what is your guilty pleasure that you think good spiritual people don't do? Um probably uh eating sugar like an an addict. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's so hard. I just got off sugar. And I was always someone who was like, ew, why do people quit sugar? But I yeah. wanted to do keto. And now I like don't care about it. Really? How long yeah. did that take you? Sorry?
1: How long did it take you to just not crave sugar?
0: <sighs> Honestly, only like a week, but I've never been that big into su- sugar. Like I'd wait sooner, like eat a potato than a chocolate bar. So oh. I don't know. I'm more of like a carb pasta craver. And that. I mean, that's kind of gone away too, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it takes that long. It's just the, it's just annoying that there's sugar in everything. Like I went out for dinner yesterday and like every single salad dressing they had, had sugar in it. And I was like, okay, guys, come on, get it together. So I had to just have like oil and vinegar. Um, so that's the only thing, like when you go out, it's hard because there's sugar in everything that you wouldn't think that there is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know it's sugar is so awful.
0: Yeah, but I mean, could be cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: exactly exactly true. The only thing is, is like the reason why I say it's like the guilty pleasure that spiritual people wouldn't do is because the way I like the way I treat sugar is it it is a bit similar to the way someone might use alcohol or drugs. Yeah. Okay. I feel pain, so I'm going to go and like have this to numb myself, right? Mm. So that's why I'm like, oh, this is not good. And when I'm like spiritually co- connected, I don't, I don't really usually go down that route.
0: But I feel like even the awareness that you know that about yourself is a yeah. good sign.
1: Absolutely, yeah, it's taking a lot of
0: work to get there, but I'm well there. we're we're praying for you too. <laughs> 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 appreciate it. Uh, okay, so let's talk about what the finances and all the amazing things that you're doing. How did you get into all this?
1: um yeah, so i when I was twenty one I became a mortgage broker um and when you're 21 and you're working with mortgages, no one trusts you to have
0: you do their mortgage. Yeah. Like a young, good looking. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> I had a lot of challenges in my business and, um, well, I ended up working a lot with clients who, um, were, I was their last resort. So they were declined in a lot of places. So, you know, people who have financial distress and credit issues. And so it kind of made me think, you know, like, people need financial literacy so about maybe 4 years into being a mortgage broker i decided to open a financial literacy business um and i my whole thing was like i'm going to teach financial literacy in high schools cuz at that time i believed that if people just had the education in high school they would be better with their money and mm-hmm. so i was doing that for a while and then i started doing consulting for financial um financial companies and just helping them with their financial literacy positioning and marketing and PR. And then um, I had like, I went through some like kind of emotional stuff, like dealing with my own trauma um, a couple years ago, like a couple things had happened that really just opened the floodgates of all this like past trauma. So it pushed me down that path of like going and doing ayahuasca and then going to India. And as I was doing that stuff, A couple things happened that were so like it was serendipity that it happened. And all of a sudden, it made me change my entire business. And I basically shut down my financial literacy business and I rebranded it to be What the Finance is. And then I launched that um, in the beginning of 2018. So what the finances is is financial, I say financial literacy because that's what people know financial education to be, but it's not just about like the education. It's more about like healing our relationship with money. Mm. And I, like I myself, um, when I was in my early twenties, I had credit card debt and I like thought about the way that I grew up and, 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 you know, I just felt so inadequate about my relationship with money. And even though I had a financial literacy company and I knew the ins and outs of everything, it still didn't change like the temptation of overspending. Mm. And so I looked at myself and I was like, yeah, this is not doing anything. And then through like going to India. So one thing that happened that was really kind of crazy is I go to India Because my girlfriend's like, let's just go and do this meditation teacher training. And I didn't really know anything about it. The teacher was this woman from LA named Kia Miller. She's like a really well-known Kundalini teacher. And we get to India and her husband's there. And her husband owns a company called Recovery 2.0. And his name's Tommy Rosen. And he basically works with addicts all around. Um, He uses like spirituality and meditation to help addicts. So he was actually teaching with his wife, Kia. So it opened up this whole world of like understanding like the brain and addiction and everything. Mm -hmm. And I started just kind of looking at everything that he was talking about with addiction and then looking at what I knew around finances and how kind of the behavior that was attached to the way people were overspending the debt, the financial avoidance, like not opening their bills or, you know, not even creating savings or doing their taxes. And I was drawing all these conclusions. And then at that point, I'm like, you know what, like, I need to teach you about the soul of money. Like, Financial literacy is fucking bullshit. Like teaching a teenager like how to do taxes and what a credit score is going to do nothing if that child grew up in a household with some financial trauma. And financial trauma sounds like, oh my God, something
0: huge and awful happened. Like but someone beat them over the head with a lot of money.
1: Yeah, that's not <laughs> it. It could be something so simple like, oh, that rich asshole, that rich arrogant person. Or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what are the, like, main
0: financial traumas that you see?
1: Um, well, overspending is a big one, and mm-hmm. overspending usually is connected to, like, scarcity um, in the childhood. So, you know, if someone grew up with not a lot of money, or even, like, think about how we felt in high school. High school was all about, like, wanting to fit in and be part of the tribe, right? Mm-hmm. And. If there was a time where someone had something that you didn't have, and our brains, as we're teenagers, so chaotic and really molding, and things impact us so deeply on a emo- emotional level, it could create this feeling of inadequacy. Like I know myself, I went to a school. Um, you're from Langley, right? Yeah. Yeah, I went. To, I'm from Langley too. And oh, went, where did you go? To Mountain. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So with Mountain Secondary, it basically has two different neighborhoods that goes to that school. So one neighborhood was like, you know, middle to upper class um, and had more money. And then the other neighborhood was like kind of poor. And I came from the poor neighborhood. Yeah,
0: Well, I was going to Brookswood, but I was in Stafford Detachment. So (laughs) I get it. (laughs) I was like inner city kid going to like that, like, you know, the the school where all the like big houses were. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) And then like, I would do things like, mom, drop me off like two blocks from the school. Yeah. It's so embarrassing. (laughs) Those things, they, those things can turn into financial trauma, which can result in different financial disorders. So there's overspending, um, financial avoidance is one, um, Underspending is actually a financial disorder. So someone who is so afraid of spending money because they, they look at money as such a, a place of security that they almost like don't actually live their life to its fullest because they're too afraid to spend.
0: Yeah. Right? They've kind of just got their claws in it and don't want it to go away. So what, um, so how do you work through that with them? Like, how do you get, How do you get to a point where you can kind of rewrite the trauma?
1: Well, so first of all, we spend some time just understanding narratives. Mm -hmm. So with money, we live in a world that is based on an economic narrative, right? Like just look at the world around us. Everything is about how good of a consumer are you, right? Mm -hmm. Like how... You know, Instagram, everything. And like a, l- a lot of marketing companies, like big marketing agencies, they employ neuroscientists and neuropsychologists. And all that type of um, education on how to manipulate people emotionally kind of flows through all the marketing uh, people. And copywriters are all of a sudden learning how to write copy that can like emotionally convince you to do something like, oh, you've had a bad day at work, treat yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. so that's one narrative that is incredibly important for people to understand. And then um, another narrative that we talked about is childhood um, and family of origin narratives. Mm -hmm. So um, once we recognize the different narratives, so we spend some time going through like, what are every single memory that you have around money? And then we start attaching a feeling to it. Mm-hmm. And then once we can recognize that feeling, we start talking about the lessons that we learned from it. Mm-hmm. So number one is the acceptance. Um, so like you said to me about the sugar, mm-hmm. the first step is just knowing and, and, and acceptance. So that's step one. And then step two is finding out ways um, where you can basically create your own program. So de- like it's a deprogramming from that narrative. Um So, a couple different ways is like a meditation practice, a grounding practice, um, some sort of daily practice that might be holding a crystal or whatever that reminds you like hey i 'm actually in charge of my own program. this is the, my own program that i 'm going to live by. Another one is um, community like developing relationships that pull you out of the narrative that's economic. Like you're changing, you're changing narratives for yourself. And a lot of my work. Um, so when I came back from India and I studied like the spiritual side of meditation, um, and then I, I worked with the addiction teacher. I then came back and worked with a cognitive behavioral therapist for the last year on meditation and understanding the brain. Um, so a lot of my work really ties in like these, um, methods of healing addiction, um, and also like trauma itself.
0: Mm. I love that. So what are you, so how do you feel that money and energy are related? So there's kind of like the cognitive side of it, but what about like the energetic side of it? Well, money
1: is base is a form of energy, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're very, very related, um, and you know, one thing I find with clients is, oftentimes they like. I love using money as a tool and an insight to how just people really deal with different types of energies, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, oftentimes if someone is a overspender, they probably also over they could potentially overeat. Mm -hmm. Um, They might have a bad relationship with food. They might overspend their time, meaning they they waste time, Mm -hmm. right? So all these things are pretty, pretty connected. And once you start understanding your relationship with money and you start healing it, it can actually heal other aspects of your life
0: too. I love that. So what are your thoughts on debt and credit cards? Like how can we manifest... Getting rid of the debt without focusing on lack or focusing on the negative energy associated to it.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so, we um, there's systems in place that basically keep us in debt and make us overspend, right? So, we talked a little bit about that, like economic narrative and that economic program. So, um, with credit cards to operate as a fully functional adult in this society, you have to have a credit card. And one of the main reasons is because you have to have a credit score if you want to get a mortgage or you want to get a loan. And that credit score is based on your history with credit. So if you don't have any credit, you're not going to be able to show that you're responsible. So you basically have to learn how to like outsmart the credit card company and outsmart the credit bureau. Mm-hmm. Now, with credit cards and debt, um, like it's okay to use a credit card if you pay it off every single month. But like in Canada alone, forty-six percent of Canadians carry credit card debt month to month. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so with debt, so someone who carries uh, balance month to month and they're putting things on their credit card or they're overspending, we have to first and foremost, understand that credit card debt and, or any other type of debt and overspending are not the problems. These are solutions to problems. Mm. They're really bad solutions, but they're the solutions. So you have to find another solution. So you have pain. So you go spend money and you rack up credit card debt. And then the more debt that you have, Um, the more debt you're going to rack up. And the reason why is because there's been scientific research that shows that if we've got so much on our plate, so much going on in our brain, we're always going to kind of go down the path of this hedonic path. And hedonic means like increase pleasure, get rid of pain. And there was this really famous study done where There was two groups and one group was put in a bit of a stressful situation and they said, okay, go have dessert. And the dessert option was chocolate cake or fruit. And then the second group had a nice calm environment. They didn't go through that stressful situation and they had the same dessert options. The group who had the stress all picked the chocolate cake. The group that didn't have the stress went for the fruit cup. Mm -hmm. And that's because when we have a lot on our mind, we have this stress of debt or whatever, it's going to basically keep us more in debt.
0: Mm-hmm. It like, it's
1: like subconsciously searching for pleasure. Exactly. Exactly. And if your solution to pain is, is buying things, then you're always going to keep racking up, racking up debt. So mm-hmm. first and foremost, it's understanding what is the pain that I have, being aware of it, and And just sitting with the pain, like, okay, this is pain. It's making me feel like this. What are some, um, you mentioned daily practices that I can do to help myself kind of deal with this pain. Like we've really been taught that anytime we feel pain, there's a solution for it in the form of buying a product or service. Mm -hmm. You have
0: to little blue pill.
1: Yeah, exactly. You have to deprogram from that. So if someone does have debt- what I would recommend doing credit if they have credit card debt and they carry it month to month is first and foremost, try and pay that off with like an installment loan that doesn't allow you to reborrow every single time you make a payment. Mm, yeah. And you, how do you do that? You do that like through your bank? Yeah, you can just go to a bank or an online lender and say, I want an installment loan. So there's there's two different types of credit. There's revolving, which is a line of credit or a credit card that allows you to Um, borrow whatever you pay back. And you can see that's a circle of debt. You know Mm -hmm. what? Like, And I hear this from clients all the time, like, oh, I just paid down a thousand dollars on my card. I feel so good. And then something comes up and then they've racked that up again. Well, if you actually create the boundary and move that debt into a product that doesn't allow you to re-borrow, you've got a clear path to becoming debt-free. Mm -hmm. But the trick there is if you do that, do not close down that credit card. Because as soon as you close down the credit card, you're basically wiping away that past credit history, which could really drop your credit score.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: So you want to, you always want to keep your oldest credit cards open.
0: So they make it like, they make it negatively affect you if you cancel your credit card. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, tricky buggers.
1: Super tricky. Yeah. These systems are built to keep, like, in credit because how do credit card companies and banks make money
0: with yeah. interest? Right. So I wonder yeah. what these like top dogs at the credit card companies do. Like, are they walking around with that? Are they, are they like, they know the system so they've got it figured out.
1: They know the system. Credit cards are fine. Like if you, you know, use them and pay them off every month, but it's, yeah.
0: Well, and I feel like so many people, I mean, that's the thing too. It's like, if you're using the credit card for something, that's going to leverage you to, you know, like a business investment or something like that. I feel like people are sometimes afraid to use their card or like have this like big fear of going into debt even if it's something that's going to move them forward.
1: Exactly. You just nailed it. So Credit was founded on the assumption that our future resources are going to be greater than our current resources. Meaning if you borrow credit to further yourself, so you, you get a mortgage, you have a business loan, you book a flight on a credit card so you can go down to L.A. to interview something that's going to give huge brand exposure to your business, Right, like mm-hmm. if you think and use your credit for that way, that's good. Mm-hmm. but if you're using your credit to like go buy drinks and like a bougie meal, like th- that's not good. you know what yeah. I mean like, That's not gonna advance
0: you in the future, yeah, I think I was really lucky because I <laughs> I screwed my credit when I was like 18 and I have rebuilt it since, thank goodness. But I, I didn't have a credit card in my early twenties. So I have always just been used to only using cash for everything. Yeah. Um, And, but once I did get a credit card, I mean, I, I definitely did go back and forth with things, but I think the key for me was not feeling, once I stopped feeling guilty about the balance, the balance started to go away.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause it's like back to that thing. If if we feel stress about something, mm-hmm. we're probably just going to increase the amount like I have people who come to me they're like I've got three thousand dollars in credit card debt I'm like so stressed I'm like girl that's nothing yeah exactly (laughs) this is so doable like we'll get this paid off in a couple months like don't worry about it right because you need to take that stress element away from it and start Mm -hmm. being in control of it like step step up and be like I run this bitch yeah
0: like it's not running me Exactly. I love that. So what are your thoughts on manifesting money? Is that something you work on with your clients as well? No. I don't. Okay. Um cuz I feel like one thing that I noticed too is like rather than cutting back, my thing is I I'm just going to figure out how to make more money. So my lifestyle yeah. doesn't have to change. <laughs>
1: so I totally agree with you and I um I just don't call it manifesting, I guess. Um and it's it's not yeah maybe the practice of that is not like something daily where i'm like trying to manifest more money or i'm t- i'm t- teaching people to do that but that is a natural like piece of advice that i practice and give to people is that um you know it's not about cutting back it's finding ways to increase your wealth right mm-hmm. yeah and because if you live in that cut back mentality you're going to kind of attract that energy and you're going to change your financial disorder of overspending to maybe underspending, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And I think, yeah, go ahead. And I think by virtue of changing your money narrative and all the amazing work that you're doing with them and changing their energy around money, that is how you manifest money by feeling good about it and by feeling abundant and by not feeling scarcity or fear or, um, lack or any of those, Shitty money feelings,
1: exactly, it's so so true. And then on the flip side, there are people who you know make more money but then end up spending more money. So, like Mm -hmm. what you said, so telling someone, like, oh, you know, just like think about making more money is not enough, it's about everything that you just said, like changing your relationship with money. Do not see money as the villain, do not feel like Sometimes people who have a hard time like asking for raises or charging for what they're worth, um, they have some guilt associated with being wealthy. Mm-hmm. And that guilt and that energy is always going to keep them in that place of having money issues, right? Like mm-hmm. so, you said, and you know, I, I teach this, I, I guess I just don't use the word manifesting, but like um, it's, it's that practice of like money is not the villain. Money is some, an energy that I can use. It's part of my
0: power, you know,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: hundred percent. So what is your number one money tip that we can all do today? Like something tangible and practical.
1: Uh, I, hmm, there's so many. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give you two, cause I'm okay. going to give you one that's like tangible and practical. Um, and then I'm going to give you one that's also practical, but more about the motion of money. So the first one is know your credit score. Um, that's so, so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's free ways to get your credit score out there in Canada and the US. So And it's very, very easy to get your credit score. So just knowing your credit score is really good. And a lot of people get so afraid to find out what it is. Um, and then that, that ties into what you're talking about with the kind of the energy that you put around money. If you're afraid to do it, you there, that's telling you right there, you're putting some negative energy around money, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So just rip off the bandaid, go and do it. And then notice how you feel when you do it. Cause once you know it, where your credit score is at, you can take the, the steps to improve it. Mm. Um, the second one is understand the why of the buy so every single time you and go you go buy something ask yourself why am I buying this am I buying this to be um, a solution to pain am I buying this because I'm tired am I buying this because I'm bored like start understanding on a deeper level why you're buying something mm. and just kind of being a little bit more mindful about your purchases will kind of help you out because like I Keep saying, um, oftentimes we use these
0: um, purchases as a solution to something that's going on that's deeper. Mm. Well, I'm buying the Dior visor as a big F you to all the people that said they didn't like it. So,
1: that's <laughs> is that a good reason? reason? Yeah, totally. <laughs> and you know what? It's, it is okay to treat yourself, and it is okay, like, if you want to um, have a you know, start creating this energy of wealth. And for you, you want to do it through like buying things that signify it. Right. So let's say you buy a designer wallet, like that designer wallet will, could help you and remind you that, you know, I deserve this. I I have a good relationship with my money and it can help you bring more money in. Right.
0: And I always say your wallet is your money's house. So you need to give your money a nice house. Exactly. Um, Exactly. I love that. So, and on the credit tip. So if someone, so people check their credit and if they're like, Oh shit, I didn't think it was that bad. What are some steps that they can start taking to amp it up really quickly?
1: Um, well, the fastest way to improve your credit is if you look at your lines of credits or credit cards, um, there's this imaginary limit that you need to set for yourself. So let's say you have a balance or a, sorry, a limit of $10,000, never ever borrow more than 7,000. So don't go over 70%. And the reason why is once you go over that 70% limit or the 7,000 in this example, all of a sudden the credit bureau algorithm says you're like in the red zone, you're high risk Mm. and your score will drop big time. Oh, okay. Good to know. Yeah. So quick way to get it up is to just make sure you're below the 70%. Mm, And then never, ever miss a minimum payment. Like even if your payment is $5 on a credit card, the minimum payment, pay it because the credit bureau is not looking at um, the uh, payment amount, they're looking at the time, they timestamp everything. Mm So
0: $5 late payment is equivalent to a $500 late payment on your credit bureau. Is it true that if you make multiple payments on your card per month, that is a positive thing for your score? Yes, because
1: um, what's happening there with it is you are basically lowering the utilization ratio. That was the first example that I gave you Mm -hmm. Um, Even further at different points in the month. And um, the way it works is your credit card company will report to the credit bureau um, at a certain date in the month. And we don't know what that date is. We don't know when they're reporting. We don't know when the credit bureau is actually taking that and putting into their algorithm. So by making payments like on maybe like the 10th and then the 20th, um, you're just kind of protecting yourself, making sure that your utilization, you're catching the lower utilization before the
0: credit bureau or credit card company reports to the credit bureau.
1: Mm,
0: Okay. Love that. Okay. So you have a mindful money course that you are giving us a discount for. Tell us about it.
1: Yeah, so I'm in October. I'm launching an online school um, called School by KMP. And um, our school basically takes uh, social media influencers and thought leaders and they teach different courses. So we've got tons of different courses coming out on like marketing and all these different topics, but I filmed a course, um, and it's called mindful money and it's a seven video course. And it really kind of goes through every single thing that you need to know about healing your relationship with money. And, um, for all of you lovely listeners, I have a $25 off promo code. It's class of 18 and it's just the number 18.
0: Um, Mm -hmm. And Emberly, will you maybe link the website? Yeah, I'm going to link you guys to everything and give you guys the discount code. But if you're at your computer right now, do you have the link? Is, this, is it the school.casterandpollux.com? That's right yeah okay so school dot caster with a k k a s t o r a n d p o l l u x dot com and we'll link you to that in the show notes and the discount code is class of eighteen one eight awesome, thank you so so much so let's go into manic moments and manifesting where we talk about the last thing the last meltdown that we had, I've had a lot lately and the last thing that we've manifested. Um, And I can go first. So I did my very first full hypnosis session the other day and I was feeling all kinds of feels and it was like really wild. First off, like I felt like I was on the teacup ride at Disneyland. I was like, felt like my body was like spinning around. It was so crazy and it was funny cuz similarly to like you know your old money narratives i was talking about public speaking and that was something that i wanted to enhance and it brought me back to this crazy memory of like grade 1 when i was like doing a presentation in front of cl- in front of the class and it made me realize that the pattern like I kept repeating the same pattern in different ways. So like in that scenario, I was in grade one, but my, I was really smart. So my teacher asked me to do the grade two work because I was in a split class. And then I've always kind of had this feeling of like, oh, I don't deserve to be this far ahead. I don't deserve to be, you know, brought, forward and so I just like kept feeling that in so many different areas and had this meltdown crying the day after the hypnosis session I feel like it was my grade one self crying um and I called my husband bawling my eyes out he was at work he loves when I do that by the way No, not that it's a regular thing, just a special little treat to call him crying when he's at work. Um, So yeah, that was my meltdown. I just felt like my grade one self just came out and just cried out all of her stresses from her grade two presentation that didn't go well. Oh, how do you feel now? So good. And I'm just like, it's like kind of just interesting to look around and look at all the different ways that I've like held myself back. From being like, oh, I don't want to be pushed forward or I don't want people to like think that I'm better than I am or that I deserve to be like moved ahead and like have like stood back. Yeah. It's really interesting. Wow.
1: That's so fascinating. It's really incredible like how small little things from our childhood really do imprint us. Totally. And
0: like, I kind of like, I realized, like, obviously, my first public speaking in grade one was not successful. And I had kind of always known that maybe that had something to do with it. But I never looked at like the layer underneath that. Um, So it was really, really crazy for that to have come out.
1: Wow, that's amazing. And it's so funny, because like from the outside looking in, you're like an amazing public speaker.
0: Oh, thank you. I but I just feel like I'm like dying inside every time oh. I'm like up there. Oh. <sighs> yeah, you gotta like hold that child. And yeah, start. exactly. And I definitely feel like it's cleared. So we'll see. I'm speaking at like a really big event with some really big people in November. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> oh, you're gonna kill it. Wish me well, guys. Um, and my manifestation, I. Have had Forbes on my vision board for like three years now, and I got my first Forbes feature. Amazing. I saw that. That's so exciting. I know. And I was like featured with, um, like really cool influencers like Lauren from Skinny Confidential and it was really, really cool. So super pumped about that. And I literally have like on my vision board, a big picture of Jessica Alba on the cover of Forbes. So, I mean, I didn't get the cover yet, but that's next.
1: Oh my God. That's amazing. (laughs) Thank
0: Thank you. Okay. Tell us about your last meltdown.
1: Okay. My last meltdown. So, um, maybe it was last week. Um, I had this situation where I was reminded, um, I had a business, um, many years ago with a partner who is a good friend and it just really didn't work out. And it kind of brought up some like trauma for me and, um, and just this feeling of like not being like part of the group and like not being included and brought up like a lot of fear. And that was like something that I worked through many years ago, but, um, last week I was, something happened and I was kind of reminded of that situation. And I was just feeling so down. Like I had like a big cry, like you, you were saying too. <laughs> and I went and saw my teacher, um, who she owns moment meditation in Vancouver and she's a cognitive behavioral therapist.
0: She's, What's I, her, name? her name's Hiroko. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was just, I just had Miriam from Brunette on and she was talking about her as well. Oh,
1: she's just amazing. So I studied with her for the last year um, and I was just kind of talking to her about this situation and and then there was a couple other like assholes that I ran into last week Mm -hmm. and told me a story and it was so beautiful. And it just like kind of changed everything. So she told me she was studying um, somewhere in Europe with uh, um, these therapists who, who have a specific method for working with children with disabilities. And these two therapists are a husband and wife couple. They have nine children and their ninth child was born. And the doctor, they were at the hospital and the doctor pulled the husband aside and he's like, I have some bad news. The child has Down syndrome. And he's like, you're going to have to go tell your wife. So he was freaking out and he's like, oh my God, like, how do I tell her? She's going to be so upset. So he like works up the courage and walks to his wife. He's like, I'm so sorry, but our son has Down syndrome. And he said that the wife is like, okay, so well, where's where's the baby? I need to feed the baby. Mm-hmm. And her reaction was like, Great. That's sad news. Great. But I have a job to do. Mm -hmm. And she told me that story and it just like reminded me that like, that like represents life. Like sometimes there's going to be shitty things that happen, but you have to stay on your path. Mm -hmm. Especially like for me, I consider my path to be one that helps people with financial trauma and stress. And I want to be of service in that way. So it just reminded me like, get back on your path. Like you have a job to do.
0: Mm. You know what I mean? So that, that was so really, powerful. Really cool. yeah. I love that. And I, I, and on a similar note, like anytime you ask someone who's gone through something, you know, really hard and managed to persevere and become really successful, you know, and you ask them how they did it, they just say, you know, I just did what I had to do. Yeah. And I think as humans, we just kind of, sometimes we get off that path a little bit, but just bringing yourself back to that place where you're like, okay, I've got a job. I got to do this. Yeah, exactly. I love that. In the greater, bigger picture, this does not matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, hundred percent. The
1: love and the job that I want to bring to the world, and that's what I'm going to stick to.
0: Oh, and you're doing amazing things, <laughs> I love it. What is the last thing you manifested? Um. Oh, I don't.
1: I don't. This is such a hard one because I don't have like a purposeful manifestation practice. Mm. So, um, Hmm. You know what, actually, okay. I, I was doing some work, some education this, this month. Um, and I was just kind of like working through some things with my business, my personal life. And I was kind of reminded about my, like my purpose and work and, and I was doing lots of events, like teaching mindful money. And I have my online course coming out and, I was reminded that like, I really want to connect with people and I really want to help people. So I decided, you know what, like have, I think I should like put it out there and kind of, um, I guess envision that I would be doing that maybe a couple clients a month. And I put it out there and right away I was able in two days or sorry, almost three days to fill up all my time slots with
0: one-on-one clients. Amazing. I love that. You just got to put it out there. Yeah. And that's yeah. so good to know. Like I know so many of my clients are like, oh, but like I'm going on this trip or I'm doing this thing and I need to like get all these clients and there's not time. I'm like, oh my God, there's so much time. Like it could literally take like a split second to get a client.
1: Yeah, totally. Like so I'm just, going like, to Knowing you can. I'm going to India in beginning of October. And so I only have a short time frame to work with some clients, but I was just like, ah, fuck it. I'm just gonna put it out there and And now I'm booked for the next, like right up until India with these clients. And also too, like, I think it's so important as an entrepreneur to like go back to your original why. And especially like on the topic of manifesting, when you're manifesting something that is like connected to a greater purpose, I feel like it just, the universe just
0: delivers it. Mm -hmm. 100%, like it adds weight to it. I always say like, I always say the universe is like your dad. He's not just going to hand you 20 bucks unless he knows what it's for. (laughs) That's so good. (laughs) And he knows that you're going to be responsible with it. Yeah, exactly. That's so good. Uh, Oh my gosh. Okay, this has been so great. I feel like you gave so many amazing tips and everyone is going to just go clean up their money act. (laughs) Where can we find you?
1: Um, Well, my website is whatthefinances.ca. I'm on Instagram at at Chantelle Chapman or at whatthefinances.
0: Amazing. Guys, go check her out, get her help, buy her courses and fix your money shit so you can start buying more Dior visors without guilt. All right. (laughs) Everyone have a great day and we will catch you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a chill chakra girl and tuning in to Chakra Girl Radio. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. You can find more info on chakras and on Amber Lee at thechakragirlco.com, and follow all the glam and grounded goodness on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Chakra Girl Co. Amber Lee loves engaging with her listeners, so DM her anytime.